BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Glowdown by Breaking Beauty. Our episode featuring Breaking Beauty news, what products we're loving, and not so much, plus insider hair, makeup, and skin tips. And the trends that are blowing up our DMs, we've got the hot takes coming right up. Welcome back to The Glowdown by Breaking Beauty. Hi, everybody. Hi, Carlene. Hey, Jill. How are you? I'm pumped for today's episode. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Yeah. Like I was kind of nervous for this interview and I really don't ever get nervous. You were starstruck? I was. <laughs> I mean, this guest has the largest Instagram following of anybody we've ever interviewed. Yeah. 6.5 million people oh, yeah, follow baby. his every word. His every move. His every brush stroke. And yeah. our guest is none other than... Mario Dedevanovic. Woo! Makeup by Mario, most of you will know him as. I mean, is there anybody who has defined makeup more in the last 10 years than this makeup artist? Absolutely not. I would definitely give him that credit. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about Kim Kardashian, his star client. His muse. His muse. And... It's it's absolutely era defining, like the number of women who have sort of done like copycat looks to yeah. get that Kardashian face. And that was all created by him. Absolutely. That was his vision. And, you know, he was using techniques that have been around for a long time, quote unquote, the fully beat face. Yeah. You know, the, the contour and the highlight. These are old school makeup tricks. And he just brought them to a new new audience on social media. Yeah. And not only did he bring them to a new audience, he... I think ushered in a whole new era of products. We would not have all these contour and highlight kits on the market from every single brand out there, luxury to drugstore without makeup and Mario. Totally agree. And just give a whole other level of interest to the idea of that flawless base that he created that looks absolutely airbrushed no matter, you know, no matter who's taking the photo, <laughs> I'm going to say, or what filters on it or not on it. Yeah. But also like his ability to have the face look lifted yes. just through makeup is just like, what kind of magic is that? There's so much to learn from Makeup by Mario that he has turned that into an industry in and of itself. Yeah. With his masterclasses. Yes. Absolutely. And I think what's incredible is that even 
even beyond this iconic look that we all know and Mm. love now and you see all over Instagram on so many people he also can go outside of that box like if you look at the the um the look that he created for the Met Gala on Kim Kardashian that she looked like a mermaid who had literally just surfaced out of the water this soaking wet high gloss like intensely defined eyes and that stayed put all night like how do you keep that gloss going for hours and hours under those lights on the red carpet it's insane yeah and I think it's just he he was on Instagram talking about how he was so nervous to do that look and it takes like hours to do it right yeah and it just all was so on brand for her and just you know what I loved about that too is of all the makeup looks that we saw on the red carpet, his was getting recreated on Instagram immediately. And he shares other artists, other artists work and their take on his look of Kim at the Met Gala. Yeah. Cause he listed all the products on yeah. Instagram. So yeah. um, everybody could try it. And, you know, people flock to his master classes yes. and I've watched it on YouTube. His last one, I believe it was either the last one or the one before it was in February in LA. Yeah. And, you know, when I, when you think of masterclass, you might think of an intimate group sitting around something that looks like a classroom with a bunch of small mirrors, but no, it's a massive auditorium and all the seats are full for rows and rows and rows. It's it's like a concert really. And every seat is full. Yeah. And it's, it draws makeup artists, of course, but I think it also draws a lot of novice makeup lovers. Mm -hmm. And certainly when you and I saw him on stage at Sephora in, in Los Angeles back in October, that was the Sephora event. He had in the audience, he did have professional makeup artists there, but he had moms. He had, you know, young girls asking him for tips and tricks. People were like, my my mom has, or they were asking questions on behalf of their mom. And so he's nailed this sort of like approachability. People feel like they know him because of social media. Mm-hmm. But I think ultimately he is a little bit more of a reserved person and yeah. a consummate professional. And I think anybody who rolls with the Kardashians, I think there's a temptation there that you're becoming a bit of a star yourself and things can go off the rails. I've seen that with other people that are have mm-hmm. been, were on the show. They were ride or dies and then boom, all of a sudden one day they are nowhere to be found. Yeah. So I think that's a testament to his relationship with Kim and like how they've grown together and yeah. helped each other. And you said she was even on the stage and at his masterclass in Los Angeles. She was. And I think that's another thing that, you know, people are watching with fascination is mm-hmm. the way that Kim and Mario have worked together to mutually build this empire. Like she obviously has her makeup line KKW now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure behind the scenes he's helping to develop those formulas yes. or just like test drive and be like, this is good. This needs to be tweaked, whatever. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you look at him and the business that he's building as a personality and as a super influencer, really. And she's there for him. Like, why is she going going to this masterclass mm-hmm. sitting in his chair? I mean, clearly he's not going to just pay her to do that. She does not need the money. It's just, they're kind of mutually growing again, just like this iconic beauty business together in a way. And it's just incredible. And any one of us can go and there's a show, there's actually another masterclass coming up June 22nd in New York. I know he's going to demonstrate how to get a glamorous red carpet makeup application. Kim's not going to be there, but I still would go. I know. Now I'm like, he's piqued our curiosity. I just loved his energy. I mean, he, is like you said a super influencer I think a little behind the scenes moment we can share is that I don't think I've ever met a makeup artist that had to have security yeah you know we met with him 
um, he was in town with philosophy to do a mini masterclass with them. Yeah. And it was at Sephora at Yorkdale in Toronto and they shut down the whole store mm-hmm. and there was maybe a hundred lucky people that got to sit and watch him on a stage execute some of his makeup techniques and looks. What did they have to do to get in there? So in order to be considered as an attendee for this particular event, you had to purchase almost a hundred dollars worth of philosophy products at the Sephora at the Yorkdale location specifically. Mm-hmm. And so you would have to call the store to get all of those details. But once you were in, it was like a hundred people and you'd have the chance to like, you know, chit chat with Mario, ask him questions, mm-hmm. literally a front row seat. And mm-hmm. the whole Sephora Yorkdale store, which is huge, it's probably one of the largest Sephoras in the whole country here, was shut down. Yeah. So like, think about that access. I know. It's incredible. Well, I feel really fortunate that we had kind of a mini masterclass, which will be shared with all of you in today's episode. So Mario is going to walk us through how to get that flawless airbrushed base. We really drill down on his top foundations. We talk about micro concealing. He schools us on sandbagging. Which (laughs) can I just tell you as a side note, I've been using his technique. I've seen sandbagging on YouTube before and stuff, but I don't think I really got it until he explained it. Mm -hmm. And now I've been using it all the time. And it's just a method of like setting your makeup and it totally works. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the actual takeaway. Amazing. And then of course, because he was here with philosophy, he shares with us his skincare products that he likes to use from them to prep the face before he even touches his makeup kit. During our interview, we couldn't let him go without asking him like his number one ride or die drugstore product. We also get very specific about what he loves for bronzer. Of course, we ask him about products, but I wanted to get a little bit personal with him because I love following him on social media, on Instagram. Like he went on this trip for Mother's Day with his mom to Tulum. And I just think it's so sweet. He's like, with all of his success, he's like, you know, paying it forward to his family. And I just think that's amazing. I really showcase is like what type of person he is. And we also wanted to get to know him a little bit better. So he had some pretty fascinating things to say about Mercury in retrograde. And it's probably not what you think. And we asked him what he loves to do on his days off, which are few and far between. And then a lot of you had some questions in our Facebook chat room. Come on and join us if you're not in there already. We talk about so much fun stuff off the air. But um, you know that Mario often does collabs with Kate. KKW. There's a KKW by Mario collection, like a 10 pan eyeshadow palette and cream lipsticks. But in this episode, we find out whether he will ever create his own makeup line or his own YouTube channel. Burning questions, really. So to kick off the interview, I mean, I am a loyal keeping up with the Kardashians watcher. So I wanted to ask him if there was any truth to the story we read in the cut that he himself was the one who invented the phrase, oh, and of course we had to hear it from his lips for ourselves. Just realized recently someone posted something on Instagram. It actually came from there was like this comedian that would do these videos. Her, her name was Show Cantel Brown or something like that. Okay. And I think that's where I maybe originally saw it or heard right. it. And then I started saying it in front of Chloe and then Chloe started saying it and then it would go on her show and then it just became a thing after then Cardi started doing it. Okay, do it for us one more time. Yes. Oh, cr- <laughs> <laughs> We let our listeners know that you were coming on the mic. They were so excited. They have oh. so many questions about how to like ace their base. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us how you prep skin before you even put any makeup on? Yeah. 
what do you do to prep? So that really honestly depends on like the client and, you know, what their skin looks like. It depends also like on what type of look um, that I'm doing. But there are some things that are always consistent. Um, You know, I always use wipes to wipe, you know, around the eyes, especially because even when they cleanse their face, sometimes there's little mascara left around the eyes or lash glue. Um, And so the Purity Made Simple uh, One Step Facial Cleansing Plus are really great for that. Um, Just the whole... Purity Made Simple line in general is great because it's not like aggressive. It gets that job done, but it's not aggressive and it works for a lot of people. Mm. Um, and I'm very proud to say that in my almost 20 years of doing makeup, I've never had one complaint about skincare that I've used or that I made someone break out. So I'm very proud of that. So I'm very cautious of like what I use on my clients. And then, um, you know, moisturizer, obviously, before you do makeup is super important. And the Purity Made Simple Moisturizer is one of my favorites as well for that. And I personally was have been using that stuff for, I want to say like probably 18 or 19 years now. Because when I used to work at Sephora when I was a teenager, many years ago, <laughs> you know, everyone would come in every day asking for that. And so that's how I became familiar with it. And so I've been using that forever. Yeah, it's pretty much iconic now. Yeah, it's definitely an iconic skincare brand. I notice every time I post it on my Instagram, I mean, everyone just says great things about it. Like every girl is like, I love that. I use that. It's the only cleanser I can use, you know? Yeah. And then they have this new, uh, the new product, which is in front of me right here, the Hydra Essence with coconut water, which is just like, I mean, I like to describe it like a real like big glass of water for the skin. It's super, super hydrating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can just press it in with your fingers or with a, um, a cotton ball. And I don't love greasy products. And so this is why I love this one because it's not super oily and greasy. Yeah. And I actually, um, when I got sent it the other day, I've been using it because I have super dry hands, eczema, and I have uh, dry cuticles and stuff. But I hate to have any sort of greasy texture on my fingers. Yeah. So I really use this on, every day on my uh, cuticles now and my fingers. And I like it because it makes them super hydrated. Okay, good yeah. hack. I feel like your hands are always in shots. So you're probably pretty... I'm so <laughs> self-conscious about... I mean, I was actually going to post a story today of my full-blown like eczema hands because they were... I mean, I, I have a bunch of this on my hands right now so you can't see it. But once, you know... Once I get out of the shower and I'm scrubbed clean, my hands are literally sandpaper. Wow. Yeah. It's like a big insecurity. Oh my goodness. I feel like that's a lot of makeup artists say that, honestly. I've heard that before. They're your tools. The amounts of, like the amounts of, um, of hand sanitizer that I use is insane. I mean, I use so much hand sanitizer when I'm working and I have to wash my hands so much because I use my hands as a palette, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's super drying, super drying. Um, now specifically, people want to get the nitty gritty, nitty gritty details. They want to know what products do you use and what order do you apply them? For example, the age old question, concealer before foundation or the inverse, that kind of thing. Um, I actually, there's no set answer to that. I actually change it up sometimes. I want to say, it's so funny because I always ask my assistant, I'm like, wait, do, on this client, do I do concealer first or after? Because <laughs> I, I confuse myself sometimes. I think the best way to do it is concealer after. So I like to do the eyes. The very first thing I do after the after cleansing the skin and prepping the skin is brows. And then okay. I so I do brows and then I do the um, eyeshadows and eyeliner on the top on the lids. Mm-hmm. And then I take a wipe again and I clean under the eyes. And then I sort of go in with the foundation and blend the foundation really nicely. I don't put the foundation under the eyes. And then I do concealer. Mm-hmm. And then I blend the concealer sort of into the foundation. And then I take the sponge. You guys should really come to masterclass. It's, it's, it's a long story. And then I take the sponge that I put the foundation on with. And I sort of blend around the edges of the concealer after I blended the concealer. So it's like a whole thing. I go kind of back and forth and just making sure everything is blended into one another. And then I sort of finish with the you know powder, setting with the powder. And then I go and then I work on the lower lower eyes. 
Okay. And how long does that normally take you to, to do like a celebrity's full face? Um, so it depends on the celebrity. It depends on the look. You know, some looks are a lot more. I have a lot of super glam clients that really like a lot of makeup and, you know, that requires a lot of detail and I am extremely detailed. Um, and then I have clients that just like it quicker. They like a faster uh, look. So it depends anywhere from 30 minutes to two hours, two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just really depends on the client. I can, I'm the type of person that I could literally just, if they let, if they let me, I will just, I could be there for five hours doing the same face because <laughs> I'll just keep finding things and perfecting things and changing things, you know? So, yeah, yeah. Um, but I would say the average is like an hour and a half to two hours. And what do you do for hyperpigmentation? Obviously, as we get a bit older, like I've got a spot right here. How do you, and the concealer, it's just not enough. Yeah. I do this thing called micro concealing, which is basically, well, in addition to correcting, you know, when clients have darkness under the eyes or dark sunspots, it's really helpful to correct it with like a peachy or orangey or reddish, depending on what color they are. You put a little bit of that and you blend it. And then I take a tiny bit of like a translucent loose setting powder and I go right over it just to make sure it sticks nicely. You kind of go over with the foundation or the concealer. Now, if it's coming through still, then you kind of micro conceal, which is you take a tiny bit of a concealer typically a harder texture concealer that's not so not too liquidy not too watery and you sort of just pat it right onto that little area and then that's it do you have a favorite one to use for that for what for, for that specific concealer with the harder yeah, texture um, there is a few of them i use there's some makeup artist brand stuff i use like uh Krylon and ben nye mm-hmm. which is not sort of available to the mass or it is i guess but it's not that famous um and then i use the the new Surat Beauty concealers, which are very kind of, they have a waxy texture, which I like. It sticks to the skin really nicely. And then the Secret Camouflage by Laura Mercier has a hard sort of drier texture, which is really nice for that. I have that on right now. Um, (laughs) Okay. People want to know, what are your top three Holy Grail foundations? Why do you love them? And how do you like to use each of them? Oh my God. Holy Grail foundations. <laughs> Loaded. Um, or have, even just one. I have so many foundations that I, you know, because really it depends on, it depends on the look I'm going for mm. and, and the type of client. A lot of it has to do with sort of the, their aesthetic or the taste level. You know, like sometimes I'll use a super natural, like Cogendo Aqua foundation that's super sheer and mm. beautiful. Um, and sometimes I use, you know, a super full coverage foundation, which, you know, a cream foundation like the RCMA or, you know, those makeup artist brands that are mm. sort of used in theater and television and film. Um, and then sometimes I'll use like the new Laura Mercier foundation as well. It's really nice. It kind of, you can build onto it to mm-hmm. achieve more coverage, but still have that sort of like breathable and healthy skin. I use La Mer foundation sometimes. I really, I have so many different ones in my mm. kit because I, you know, we kind of take them out of their original packaging, put them in little tiny bottles. So it mm. allows me to really bring in a lot of product in the kit and I mix colors. I'm a huge mixer. Mm. So I never have like the full line of colors. I just have a few colors. I mix them and get the perfect match. That's how you know you're a pro getting (laughs) all custom. What's your number one ride or die drugstore product that's always in your kit? There's a lot of them actually. I mean, it has to, if I had to choose one that I sort of can't live without would be the the L'Oreal Voluminous Mascara in Carbon Black, which I've been using for uh, maybe at this point, around 18 years. Okay. L'Oreal's going to be so happy. Get him one of those sweatshirts. <laughs> He's worth it. Yeah, I just love it. I, you know, and, and I try other ones. I have other ones in my kit as well. But, you know, it's like that thing that you sort of just keep going back to it. Yeah. I feel like drugstore mascaras are good. It's one of those they things. They really are. A lot of drugstore stuff is good. Yeah. And we watched you on the stage at Sephora. And the one thing I noticed was how many beauty blenders you had. And in fact, <laughs> Rianne Silva, who's been on our show, walked by at one point. She goes, love you, Mario. <laughs> oh, was that her? Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
that. Mystery solved. <laughs> yeah. And um, there was like so there was like six beauty blenders there and you were using them all for different things. Can you shed some light on that and how you're yeah. using them? I wish you guys have to come to the masterclass, honestly, because like <laughs> all this stuff you see it in person and, and it all makes sense. So I use different beauty blenders for different things because I'm so kind of clean when I work and anal and detail about not mixing textures and things like that or or strategically sort of mixing them if I have to. But one beauty blender is for concealer only. Uh, one beauty blender, well, concealer on the eyelids once I, you know, to prep the eyelids. And then one of them is for concealer under the eye. One of them is for foundation blending. Um, one of them is for contour blending if I'm using a cream contour. One of them is for like for the, the setting sprays that I use when I want to pat extra setting spray or, or dewy spray like onto the cheeks. Mm. So every kind of product has its own beauty blender mm. and I don't like to mix the products and the texture yeah. and it gets messy yeah do you keep them like color-coded in your mind you're like green one is for well no i have to say my my assistant dominique um because i always forget <laughs> which ones are which so she hands them to me because she keeps track of which one's yeah. foundation which one's concealer because i wouldn't know she's got a system yeah that's yeah. the best assistant <laughs> um so tell us we've been talking about your master classes what's the number one thing you get asked all the time uh, there's a few of them. I just asked uh, her, <laughs> I asked somebody actually just before. So there's a few of them I get asked a lot aside from like all of the, because the majority of the students are, you know, makeup artists who are really like looking to, to further their careers and to learn new tricks and, and things like that. A lot of it is under eye questions I get mm. because a lot of people struggle with, you know, the makeup running under the eyes or not lasting day and night. Um, another one is there's the under eye question that I get so much, meaning like, how do I get my eyeliner to not run? Or how do I get my makeup to stay put? Or I put it on and like an hour or two later, you know, the client looks a mess or something like that. So yeah. that's one that I get asked a lot. Oh, and I get questions like a lot about, you know, well, how do I do this for hooded eyes? How do I do this liner technique? Because my liner technique is kind of like crazy. You know, there's like steps to it depending yeah. on the look. But then people want to know like, well, how about if someone has hooded eyes? So then I got to go into explanations yeah. on how to, you know, everyone has everyone has a certain issue or issue, you know, what they see, what, what they think is an issue for their specific face or specific clients, mm -hmm. but every issue has a solution. You know what yeah. I mean? And so I just teach those. Have you ever had any kind of blooper moment happen when on stage at a masterclass? A blooper <laughs> moment? I don't know. I do crack a lot of jokes in the masterclass <laughs> and I'm very sarcastic. So, okay. you know, people get surprised because they don't like, they don't, they didn't realize, like, just from following me on social media, I don't show so much of my personality. Yeah. But then they come to the class and they're like, oh my God, you're so funny. Like, I had no idea. Um, <laughs> I'm always teasing people. I, I don't know about bloopers, though. <laughs> I feel like you're very prepared. That probably doesn't happen to you. Yeah, yeah. no. Um. Totally. Um, and so we we did source some listener questions, probably not on, like, the ones you get in your master class. So Leah asks, what should a fair-skinned contour beginner know? And I can relate to this yeah. since I'm so pale. Um, less is more um, for fair skin especially. And also... What I tell all my masterclass students, which they always get surprised at, is, you know, I always say it's more important. It's important to know how to contour, but it's more important to know when not to contour. Mm -hmm. um, just because something is a big trend, or just because you, you know, you're seeing it and it's kind of in your brain because you're seeing it all day in social media, doesn't mean that it has to, that you have to do it, and it doesn't mean that it's going to benefit you. Um, in fact, a lot of on certain faces and certain people, contour can really do a disservice to you, mm -hmm. and and so you have to sort of, you know, I think that comes along with sort of aesthetic and knowing sort of taste level and all those kinds of things. But mm -hmm. with fair skin in particular, stay away from anything too heavy. Meaning, you know, I would probably not even use cream contours on fair skin. I would just stick to more of like a, you know, a bronzer 
of some sort or a contour powder that's not too orange, not too red, mm-hmm. um, because it can look extremely orange or red if you're not careful. So stick mm-hmm. to more, you know, products that are more cool toned um, and products that are sheer that you can sort of build build on with. Okay. Do you have a favorite one for fair skin? There's so much stuff out there right now. What do I use for fair skin right now? There's a few different products. There's a Cosette palette that I use that has like a super cool toned uh, product in it. And then there is Rhodeal Beauty. Rhodeal Beauty has um, this one contouring powder that I like. It's sort of more, sort of very cool tone, no red or or orange in it, you know? Okay. There's lots of different things out there. We're setting up an Amazon store for you. <laughs> we'll, we'll get you linked up with oh, affiliates. Don't offered, worry. I just got offered to do that, but I was like, nah. Uh, <laughs> okay. You touched on this question. Um, it's the one you get asked all the time at your masterclass. It's my personal pet peeve. I'll use a really good concealer like Or Mercier, Secret Camouflage, or It Cosmetics under the Arcleta Poe, and then the same thing like it's transferring. It's smudging. What am I doing wrong, Mariel? The what's smudging? Under it's all like my mascara will end up underneath here. Where if it's oh, like a cream concealer, that's so annoying. I hate that. Okay, so b- what I do actually is I. Good question, actually, because another thing I do is I don't put mascara on until like the very end. Okay. Even after the settings, I wait till after the setting spray before I put mascara on, because it gets messy and there are certain eyes that when you close, it touches on the bottom. Mm-hmm. I just do my my technique that I always teach is the way that I explain. This technique to everyone, it's like the sandbag technique, which is someone called it that. It's just the way, that's what I used to use to explain it. But then someone kind of actually went on YouTube and was like, this is the sandbag technique. Um, <laughs> it's a hashtag it's basically, now. <laughs> yeah, it's basically like, it's basically like baking, you know, yeah. you put the concealer on, you blend it really well. And then before it has time to crease, you take a damp sponge in translucent loose setting powder and, you know, you pack it sort of lightly there. Or if you're someone with a little more mature skin, maybe mm-hmm. you don't pack it. You just use a brush and apply some there. And then that sort of sets it nicely. It doesn't allow anything wet to sort of go below that barrier because it's, you know, it's like if you have a flood coming towards your front door, you put the sandbags in the front door and now the flood cannot enter the door. And so mm-hmm. that's what that powder and concealer combo is doing, not letting anything wet go below it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically it. You know, just careful not to put too much if you're a woman of a certain age. Mm-hmm. And um, that's pretty much it. I'm going to try it. Yeah, oh, and then, oh, and then don't so put mascara on until after that's done. Okay. Because if you put mascara on when you have anything wet around the eye, it, you just forget it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> and so you touched on this as well. We had a couple of questions about baking. One person wanted to know how you managed to achieve that baking technique without the skin looking super powdery. Well, it's kind of like what I just told her. Mm-hmm. You have to sort of apply the concealer. What concealer you use matters too, because some of them are going to crease more than others. Mm. So it really depends on your skin type. Um, I have lots of different concealers in the kit that I use depending on the person's skin uh, or under eye issues. And then you blend it really well. The key is you want to blend everything really well and do not allow it to crease. Don't put powder on it, especially if it's creasing already, because sometimes concealer creases right after you put it on. Mm-hmm. Um, so blend it really well. And then right before it has any chance to crease is when you want to set it with that powder. And then it should be good. Okay. So, um, Georgia, one of our listeners, she wants to know how you get that nineties Versace look like total snatch skin jawline, everything <laughs> lifted. Uh, Georgia, do we have, we don't have five hours. Um, it takes a while. You come to the masterclass. I promise you, I will teach you all of that, but there's okay. so much, there really is so much that goes into that. I mean, it's not realistic for like a, a girl or a boy, whoever at home, mm-hmm to achieve that look every day unless you're like an artist because there's a lot that goes into that that people don't realize. You know, it's extremely detailed. There's a lot of mm-hmm. technique and tricks and, you know, trickery that goes on there. So, yeah, yeah it's something that's very involved and it takes mm-hmm. me it takes me quite a few hours to yeah. teach that. 
But can you get a lifted effect just through makeup? Of course, absolutely. There's so Ooh. many little there's so many little techniques and tricks that combined as a whole makes a big difference. Yeah. Well. Um, now flipping the script a little bit, Lucia asks, "What's your advice for kind of lazy women for a quick daytime look?" Like maybe a five minute face or something like that. Yeah, I always say if I was a woman, I would that would be me. I would be the laziest person ever. You know what? A lash curler, so underrated. I find that most people in my life don't use them. That, you know, just like my sisters or people that I know um, never use a lash curler, but I really think it makes up a huge difference. Yeah. Like a quick five minute face, depending on the skin issues, or, you know, I would say like a tinted moisturizer, mm-hmm. a little bit of a bronzer really quickly. Just. Mm-hmm. Throw it all over the face, and lash curler, mascara, a little lip balm. That's that's all I would do. Okay, cool. Um, last question before we get into just a couple rapid fire. Someone, one of our other listeners, wants to know when is your YouTube channel coming, Ooh. and when is your makeup line coming? Ooh, <laughs> oh my! Well, I always said and felt strongly that that I wanted to have twenty years of of industry like hardcore industry experience as an artist before I took that next step. Um, and that was, that's always very important to me. Although I've had so many opportunities in the past like eight years or so to come out with massive lines and, you know, do lots of things. It's important to me that I had 20 years of experience before I go into that step and help us with the math. Uh, <laughs> when well, will I don't that know. Be? We'll see. I, don't I think I'm on like my 19th year right now. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but we'll see. And the YouTube, um, oh, I'm really thinking about it. I'm really thinking yeah. about it, but I'd want to do it in a different way. Cause I get bored with like makeup tutorials. Yeah. So uh, for me, teaching, it's uh, it's so special in person. I really need to connect with the energy and I really mm-hmm. need to, you know, to uh, I could sort of feel them when they don't understand something because it's, it's an energy thing with me. And so it'll be hard for me to teach online because I know that I won't connect the way I can with people. I can't really get it through to them um, like I can with the several hours that I'm with them in person. And so if I find a sort of interesting way that I can do a YouTube channel, I will definitely maybe do one soon. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, a little bit of rapid fire before you have to go. What do you think is the most bogus beauty trend? Uh, so, I mean, there's we're so we see so much bogus beauty trends that it's like nothing shocks you anymore. You know, I think personally think it's so fun. I mean, I honestly love when like oh, I see all these kind of crazy, silly beauty trends. It's just fun for me. I keep scrolling. I don't take anything so seriously. I would say like I, I've been noticing lately the people have just like have like let go of the idea of just editing. Like they just it's like a color blast of like glitter and rhinestones and like neons on the eyes with eyeliners and massive lashes and then the extremely heavy skin and then the extremely heavy lips and then the highlight texture. And then so that, I mean, it's interesting, you know, to watch it and see it, but I think that's sort of like, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> Just about bogus, bogus beauty. Like you're oh, not, you're not yeah, into like, glitter tr- tongues? No, I mean, I like glitter, you know, and I've been using it a yeah. lot lately. Um, and surprisingly, my clients have been allowing me to. But, um, you know, I just think that I like the trends and I think that they would be so beautiful if they were sort of focusing on maybe just using some of them one at a time or, or maybe one or two together, but not all of them at the same time. You know, because then it starts to look circusy, and, and yeah. you know, so I think, uh, and I teach a lot of this at the class too. I, I sort of teach people how to edit mm-hmm. and how to make things look more chic and expensive, and you know what I mean? Because there yeah. is a really big difference in that, and so that that would be my answer for that. What's one thing every woman should toss from her makeup bag, from your experience? Oh my god! <laughs> Speaking of editing, they're dirty sponges. I've never seen. It's insane to me how many. Every person in my life, my sisters, my clients, everyone, when I open their bag, I am shocked at how dirty their brushes and sponges are. Yeah, that's me too. 
It's crazy. <laughs> I just like, like get what rid is of them, it? Why more. can't you just wash them? <laughs> I mean, listen, no, actually, when I have events like today where I have to get photographed, um, I have like a little makeup kit that I have in like my travel bag. Yeah. My stuff is dirty too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I just, they need to like develop a new place to dry the brushes or like figure it out. It's so it's weird. Not, like, why don't we? It's weird. Not why that isn't I'm there not, an Uber for our friggin' beauty blenders <laughs> and then no, cleaning that I'm service? Thinking about it. Well, you know what's funny? I use like the cheapest tools. First of all, when I'm doing my own, like, I'll put tinted moisturizer on loose powder and then like some bronzer and concealer. But I use like, the way I do myself is so different from the way I do other people. Like I'm so detailed and such a perfectionist with other people. But with myself, I literally use the cheapest stuff. I use the dirt. Like my tools are just dirty and cheap. Yeah. It's so weird. I don't know why. <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier today. What is your biggest guilty pleasure? Like if you have a day off, I'm sure they're few and far between. What do you just like to do? Oh, just be home. I'm very sensitive to energy and I absorb so much energy on a daily basis. You know, I work with big personalities and I do teach classes and I do all these events. And so my favorite thing in the world to do, I'm so boring, is literally just to be home alone, like with just alone by myself in my pajamas and just like read or watch documentaries. Um, that's literally like my favorite. Like I, it literally makes my, my soul happy. <laughs> what, what book are you reading right now? I'm actually reading uh, Becoming by Michelle Obama. It's super good. So good. Uh, it's so good. Yeah. And we, uh, while Jill was stalking you on Instagram, she noticed that Mercury in retrograde kept kind of boning you. What was the worst <laughs> thing that happened? So it's not necessarily me. So Mercury retrograde, I was, I found out from a really, uh, from an astrologist who, who lives in Los Angeles, who did my chart about two years ago. I was born during a retrograde, like during the midst of a retrograde. So when retrograde happens, I get super sensitive and I start noticing every wrong thing in my life or every wrong thing that's like nothing wrong happens to me because I don't allow it. That's how like hypersensitive I am. Yeah. I catch every single thing. It's like my agents and managers and like business managers, they're all like, oh my God, it's retrograde because he's noticing everything. <laughs> it's the people around me that sort of mess up. And, right. and so you know, it's not me. It just become, I actually, I don't know. I actually like retrograde, but it's, it's the people around me, my friends, my people that I work with that sort of have the issue more. And yeah. then I have the issue with them because I'm so sensitive. I'm noticing everything. Yeah. So that's what it is. Um, you know, things like that. But, you know, when it is retrograde, I do consult like astrologers before I make any important decisions just to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. Um, I'm super crazy about all that stuff. <laughs> you know, before I sign any contracts, you know, retrograde dates are always in, have to be in my calendar because everyone has to know when it's retrograde. Yeah. You know, certain contracts I don't sign, certain things I don't do. Yeah. Uh, I was you, reading Susan Miller on my way here in the Uber. Oh, I love Susan Miller. Yeah, I have her app. Yeah, same. Yeah, uh, I've met her once. She was amazing. Um, okay, and last, last question. The dream face you'd love to work on living or dead, but you haven't had the opportunity to yet. Oh, there's a few. Um, Marilyn Monroe, I always had a sort of, I don't know if it's an obsession, but I used to even have dreams that like I would be doing her makeup, you know, it's weird. Um, but I guess Kim is like my Marilyn Monroe. Linda Evangelista, uh, when I discovered her in the 90s when I was young, I just remember her beauty sort of literally gives me like a physical feeling to where it's so inspiring. Her face, like I'll look at footage from her of her like in the 90s. I don't know, it just it's, it's a beauty that I sort of, can bring you to tears. Like, and so I've always wanted to do her. And then, you know, Michelle Obama actually always wanted to do oh, even oh. when she, yeah, even when she was the first lady. And uh, I don't know, there's quite a few people that, yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for your yeah, time. Thank you. Thank you, guys. This was We're awesome. So we'll, see, we'll see you front row at your master class, hopefully one day. Yeah. <laughs> yes. When I come to Toronto, I'm inviting you guys. Yay. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. Visit BreakingBeautyPodcast.com for details on all the damn good products we talked about in today's episode. And be sure to sign up for our newsletter. That way you'll get every episode delivered right to your inbox. You won't miss a single thing. Or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast fix. And please show us some love by rating us or reviewing us in iTunes. See you next time. 